And I think that's the big miss that I see with a lot of clients is they don't realize how calculated this is and how successful they can be if they're willing to invest the right amount of money to do everything that needs to be done to be successful. Hi, and welcome to another episode. I am here today with Jeff Lizick from Redshift Digital Marketing. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, what's up, Brian? Great to be here. That is uh, awesome to hear. I want to get right into it. And if um, if you can, please let our listeners know kind of like how you got into uh, into digital marketing and uh, what what makes you the awesome uh, you know company manager that you are today. Wow. So, how did I get into digital marketing? That is a long story. So I'll keep it short. I was actually in the CPG space with Kimberly Clark Corporation, AC Nielsen. Mm-hmm running a Heinz frozen foods market research team and completely by accident, I had an opportunity to buy paintball supplies from somebody. And I realized there was a margin selling on eBay. This is when eBay was a new thing. And turns out that in January of that year, don't remember the exact year was 2001 or two. I bought $6,000 of, paintball equipment from China. It was delivered to my condominium in an 18 wheeler in the downtown Pittsburgh. And I turned that into a million dollars in revenue by the end of that year. (laughs) So that was my first business. Um, And then after I exited that about three years later, yeah, we became the second largest retailer in the world in paintball supplies. Uh, I ended up helping eBay configure or set up their sporting goods category uh, based on how people shop because I had taken everything I did in the CPG world and I was bringing it to the online space. And nobody had really done that before because online was new. I was one of the first three companies to beta third party, party selling on Amazon because I had just made waves in the sporting goods industry. So that's how I got into it. And then I decided I took some time off. I decided, you know what, employees, it's kind of tough, payroll, all these things I had to worry about. And I decided maybe I should go back to corporate America. And after the first week, I hated every second of it. So I built myself out a ton of affiliate sites And I was making great money on the affiliate sites more than I was making as an executive in corporate America. I I was on top of the world. And then Google had something come out, maybe along the terms of Penguin, and destroyed every affiliate site I had. So instead of rebuilding, I said, you know what? I might as well just do this for other people. So I started an agency merged with a business management consulting firm after about nine months. And then five years, five, six years later, I ended up acquiring an agency that was established in downtown Pittsburgh. And I've owned that for the last six years. So that is how I got completely by accident. Did not mean to get into digital marketing. The e-commerce thing completely threw me for a loop. and it just it took off, so that's wow. where that's how I ended up here. So uh, that 
that conversation, I mean, I, I, I guess then your entire uh, entire business is built from field experience rather than, let's yes. say, a classical yeah. education in the space. So, oh, yeah. There's, is there an education in the space that's actually eh. worthwhile? <laughs> it that's up for debate. It depends. Yeah. depends who you ask. Uh, if you're a university instructor, yes, there's yes. plenty of education in this space. It's worthwhile. Um, so, so in the kind of um, field experience, basically of turning stuff into money, which I guess is really the beginning and the end of the conversation. There, what what are the things that when you decided to start an agency? What are the things you ran into um, that your clients or prospects kind of kept getting wrong? I mean, there's a reason they hire you. What are the mistakes they're making? They don't understand consistency of publishing. That's a big one. A lot of them, I mean, it's really crazy to say, but even in 2023, there's still a lot of companies that don't understand how the how the internet works. So they don't understand how to get their product or their service in front of the eyeballs that they need to be in front of. But it's that it's very, you have to be consistent. We all know that. Another piece of it is you have to value it. It's an investment and it can have a great ROI. I think the biggest challenge I encountered in when I started in my first agency, and I even come across it now, is that people don't want to invest what it will take to get results. So we can build out an entire strategic plan, but if the owner or the executive team isn't willing to invest in that plan, that the, when I build a strategic plan, that plan is built to get you results. If you want to cherry pick that and take things out of it, well, we've now taken away results because as we stack all of our tactics on top of each other, they work together exponentially. And that's one of the big misses. People think that they can run an ad. They can run ads and that's great, but they don't wanna have landing pages. They, they don't want their site to be optimized. Mm -hmm. like, so it's, it's a complete misunderstanding of how digital marketing and even the internet at this point, we see it with social media all day, every day, the psychology and the persuasion and what goes into keeping you on Facebook or keeping you on Instagram. It's all, it's all planned out. It, it's not happening by accident. And I think that's the big miss that I see with a lot of clients is they don't realize how calculated this is and how successful they can be if they're willing to invest the right amount of money to do everything that needs to be done to be successful. And, and you see that a lot, right? People will come at you and they'll ask you for like, oh yeah, I, I all I really want you to do is help me set up a strategy for Instagram or all I want is this, you know, give me a, uh, give me a TikTok, you know, content or whatever. And it's like, no, that, that, that is never it. My, uh, my, my partner and I talk about it all the time. It's the guy who walks into the mechanic shop and, uh, asks for an alignment thinking that's going to fix the, 
the noise in the front end of his vehicle. And it's not, it's not what you want. You, what you really want is a wheel balancing and that'll solve it, you know? So right. people misdiagnose all the time. When, when folks come to you with those things, I mean, you, you have a, in some ways a responsibility, I guess, to educate your incoming customer. Um, how do you, how do you break it to them that they're asking for something that's the wrong answer? Well, the first thing that I, my number one thing is educating them. I have to educate them. I call it the three E's, educate, energize, and entertain. And I don't sell, I educate. I try to get ahead of it by explaining to them, I, I created the philosophy, digital marketing essentialism. And it starts with, okay, we have to know your consumer inside out. We need to know who you're selling to. Like Even for me with the agency, am, am I selling to a 35-year-old e-commerce business owner or a 55, 60-year-old CEO of a manufacturing company? Completely different conversations. They are at completely different levels of their understanding of how digital marketing is going to help them run their business mm. the majority of the time. So we need to understand who your consumers are and what are their options. It's just like share of wallet. We may say that PlayStation doesn't compete with a movie theater, but yeah, it's where those people are, are what options do they, do they have to spend their money on entertainment? Right. So I want to understand that competitive set. Then I explain to them, once we know your competitive set, we need to make sure that you have a fully optimized platform to speak from. That's going to be your website, which is your number one asset on the internet. But you may also have some social channels that need to be completely optimized because you speak from those a lot as well. And once we have that solidified, we can start creating contextually relevant content or content based on pain points, buyer intent, et cetera. But once we create it, it's like having a Ferrari in the garage with the lights out. We need eyeballs. So let's distribute it. How are we gonna distribute it? Social media, things like Medium, um, publishing on LinkedIn, publishing on third-party channels. Then we get into, once we have that content distributed, now we're talking conversion. So I explain that up front so that they understand that these are all layers that build upon each other. Now, I think the biggest thing, even after explaining that, probably the biggest challenge I come up against are the people that are diehard organic social posting. Mm. Like, we sent you that photo at 7 o'clock last night. Why wasn't it up by 8 a.m. this morning? Well, for your 100 followers, two may see it, if you're lucky. And I think organic posting is one of the most overrated things online if you are not dedicated to publishing consistently and building community. You can post all you want, but if you don't build a community, and I think we're starting to see, I mean, zero click searches all-time high right now. We are competing with everybody that's in a search engine is competing with Google. We are competing with them. They are the lifeline of some people's businesses, but now we're starting to see, people are starting to understand they're a competitor in the space. Right. I think we're getting to where brand authority is, and people are gonna start talking about it as, if you build a community, you have a targeted audience. And what's building a community? 
it's very similar to 20 years ago, building a list. If you have a very, if you have the attention of an audience, you can sell them what you have, but you have to build the audience. So organic posting without taking all the time to build community, it's not going to get people very far. And I think that's a big miss. And that's one of the things that I'm starting to talk about a lot more with our team and with clients is we have to build community. Imagine when all of this AI shakes out, if all of page one is Google and Google properties and AI generated answers, where's that leave us as businesses trying to get in front of customers? So we have, we have to build community. And that's, that, that's where we're going with this, I think. I don't even remember how I got to that point in the conversation. I think it started with <laughs> what are what I don't even know how we got there. But I it started with organic posting because organic just isn't it's not gonna it's not gonna get you anywhere, but a lot of people think it is. So the the community conversation starts to be, you know, it's and I've noticed it here, you know, uh, with with the podcasting conversations I'm starting. I've also noticed it with, you know, other marketers I've interviewed on the show. The, the, the community conversation starts to be uh, a little bit different in that, you, you know, you mentioned it's very much like list building. Uh, but with list building, the engagement conversation uh, is a little bit different, right? How, you know, how is engagement involving as Google starts kind of undermining the entire search property, as it starts undermining a lot of how we're interacting? They own YouTube, right? So that that whole sort of conversation and building that relationship and driving that engagement starts to be a, a, a much more confusing place to try and play. What are your thoughts on that? So I think that we, I think that we're going to start to see this as more people like me and you talk about it more, and other agencies talk mm -hmm. about it more, and even influencers. Once we have somebody's attention on social media. So let's say hypothetically you sell clothing on Instagram right. and you're putting out a lot of posts and following the right people and you are in with the right groups and you are building this following on social. And to your point, you have a following, but now everybody that likes a story, a reel or a post now jump into your DMs and reach out to them. Now let's start talking to these people. Yes, it's a little more labor intensive. Yes, it can be automated, but you have to start the conversation with the people that you already have their attention because now they're a little warmed up and they're not a cold audience. So I, here, here's another thing how you had mentioned it. There is a difference between list building and social media, but even starting a Facebook group. And I just saw somebody that was showing how they will run ads that take you to a landing page where you input your email and then they invite you to the group. Well, so now they have turned that social media into getting the email, building the list and building a group where they have the attention of a targeted audience. So it's all about the companies putting the effort. And this is where what we were talking about before where they fall short of understanding the commitment needed. 
But if you are out there engaging with everybody that you already have their attention, you are going to build that community and you are going, and ultimately you're building a list. So, but you have to engage. So that's building followers, right? That's building an audience. What are the differences building an audience and a community, right? A community is interconnected, right? An audience is a one to many, right? So how do you then take that, uh, that first step, you know, build your audience and get that list or what have you to then drive to that community, though, that mutual interaction between the kind of the believers or the fans or whatever. So if you think about it, an audience is somebody that's observing. Once you engage with them in a conversation through messaging some way, somehow, and you can turn that conversation into a phone call or into an email sequence, now you're having a conversation and you are starting to build out your community that of people that you are actually conversing with and they're no longer just an audience. They are now somebody that you are having conversations with and they are leaving comments. And I, I see it a lot on LinkedIn where there are a lot of people that sat by and just watched everything that was happening. Then a lot of people have now started commenting on LinkedIn posts and the authors are starting conversations and actually people commenting are starting conversations with each other within these posts. That's how you start to build that community because now you're building a relationship that you can actually take offline. As long as that engagement's missing, there's no opportunity to take it offline. But once you start actually having conversations, oh, and there go the dogs. Sorry about that. No, all good. Um, But so I... And that's key, but and but it takes a lot of time and effort. So, so from that, you, you know, you have the you have the the audience, then you have an engaged audience, right? And then they start interacting in social with each other. Um, what are the kind of the next areas to start building that connectedness even further? See the the, the conversation here and the the context for developing community. Um, I think is something that we're all facing, right? We're all trying to kind of collectively figure this out. There's some some organizations that have done it. A lot of the folks that are in the kind of entertainment space, for example, know how this stuff works really well. Uh, but for marketers who are playing catch up here, that ju- just even navigating the landscape is a tough is a tough thing to figure out. Yes. Um, what's the question hidden in there? Nice. (laughs) So what are the, what are the, what are the subsequent um, kind of phases of community development after the audience, after the kind of that engagement? Um, And I think it's all about taking it offline. I think that is key. You and I just met a couple weeks ago. We could hop on a call and carry on conversations probably for quite a while at this point. And so we, and that, this relationship was started online, but now you're somebody I can go to if I want to bounce ideas off of, I'm yep. somebody you can come to, to bounce ideas off of. I have a, I'm in a coaching group with Dan Martell and we, they're just people in the group that are starting to connect on Instagram 
And now we're starting to have more and more conversations as a group offline, either at multiple people on these calls or one-on-one and learning from each other. Mm. But these things all started, it all started on Instagram. So it's, you have to be willing to take it offline. There are a lot of people that won't join the community. They'll always be part of the audience. Right. There's lurkers, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I, you know, it's funny. It's some of the points that you're you're talking about, these inflection points, I guess, along the way to that journey from audience to community. Um, I noticed it with um, PAX, which is a, a gaming kind of convention now. They did PAX okay. West and PAX East. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Microholic and uh, I forget the the, um, the other guy uh, for from Penny Arcade, they um, they started a gaming like tabletop gaming convention and it all came about from those you know conversations happening in chat happening in forums and they went wouldn't it be great if we all got together and just played games and hung out and uh, and now it's one of the bigger conferences for gamers I mean it's it's pretty cool to see how that stuff evolves. And I think almost any one of the folks that um, that start this conversation then eventually go down the, you know, whatever gathering route, you know, having conventions, having these assemblies. And and from there, even further, you essentially spin off even more connections and more connections. So when you start talking to your clients about this, you know, the natural next question is, well, how do you measure any of that? Right. How do you <laughs> how do you start to, to plug that back into ROI? So, well, I mean, ultimately, dealing with clients and determining ROI when you have a lot of clients that have sales teams can be difficult because we rely on their input as much as they rely on right. us to drive them leads. Right. So it is, it is, do we have a good feedback loop from the client? to then be able to input it into a calculation that gives us ROI. And a lot of clients don't understand how important that feedback loop is. Now, if we have somebody on Salesforce or somebody using HubSpot or a good CRM system, we can easily track that because if if they are very adamant about their sales team using those tools to the fullest and every sale being logged. But what about the people that don't have CRMs? What about the older manufacturing companies that are still pen and paper? What about those ones that aren't giving feedback? So it's, some are very easy to measure, but then you have the ones that don't have a good CRM system and don't use it to its fullest capability. And then it's all then it's all based on that feedback loop. But the other part of it is, and I, I struggle with this as an agency owner. I think it's on the sales team to be involved with that community building. The agency can't build community on, for on a sales yeah. team of a third party. Right. So we can do so much. But we can't build relationships for them. We can't engage in a human-to-human way because 
if I'm engaging for a client on social media to build a relationship, I might as well be a bot because the, the only, I can't have somebody stand in for me and build a relationship with Brian. Right. <laughs> like, like, that would, but people think they like to think that agencies can do that for them. Mm. And it's not the case. I mean, I, I've worked with people that have great LinkedIn followings, but refuse to engage at the level they need to engage and refuse right. to publish content and put their ideas out there at the level they need to put them out there. So then what do you do? Then you have just part of the equation in your digital marketing efforts. You don't, you're not coming full circle where everything is clicking. And that's a big challenge. And it's going to take a major change in the search engines for people to start to realize they need to get their teams involved in the social media aspect of things. Yeah. Yeah. And so and it leads me to then, you know, is relationship development scalable, right? Is, is that conversation, right? So when folks are coming at you with like, okay, well, help me lead gen or help me solve these problems. Um, if, if you and I can agree that the conversation here is we'll move to community. Well, community has to be done by the sales teams. You know, do you lose scalability at that point? So there's a few things. Number one, your audience can be as big as you don't have to scale an audience. Right. But the bigger your audience, the more people are going to raise their hands that want to have a relationship. So I was in the textile space at one point and we had sales reps. We had a sales rep that had been in the business for like 30 years he probably had 400 people he could reach out to or more at any point in time. So is it going to happen overnight? No, but it also goes back to you have your inner circle, you have your friends, you have your acquaintances. When you're building a community of this nature, some of those people may come into your inner circle. Some are going to become friends and some are still going to become acquaintances. Mm. And that's going to build over time, but you have to have a big enough audience for those people to raise their hand to have any relationship right. at all. So is it scalable? It takes a lot longer to scale than putting ads out there. But I think it is scalable in the long run. It just takes time. It's an investment. And your your product ladder, your service ladder, whatever your you know, however you're set up, should accommodate for those deeper levels of connection throughout the the, the product um, kind of hierarchy that you have, which should facilitate some of that. I think the the hard part then is being strategic about how do you move through folks through each of those kind of layers of connectedness and proximity to to further monetize. Yeah, and I think. A lot of times it's going to be the person on the other end dictates a lot of that. I have somebody that I met in a coaching group, an agency coaching group, man, 15 years ago. Hmm. He still brings business opportunities to me and I still bring them to him. We might talk twice a year, but right. we still know when there's something in the other person's wheelhouse that 
is going to benefit them. I've had some clients for eight or nine years. We've built a much stronger relationship than somebody that's been a client for two years. Right. So it, it, I mean, at the end of the day, this all come and other people have said it, it comes down to human to human. It's not business to business because businesses are run by people. Yeah. And all ultimately all of this digital space can give us an infinite amount of resources and connections, but it still comes down to human to human, which takes time to, to create the build. Value. Yeah. Yeah. And build rapport. And I mean, if, and if I have a connection with somebody and in a year they leave, we didn't have a good connection that happens, you know, but there are also, right. so it, it's just, and I think people forget this digital marketing equals silver bullet in a lot of people's minds. Right. And they don't realize that it's not. They still have to, you can't turn it over to an agency and not be involved. Yeah. But you also can't turn it over to an agency and do your own thing and not coordinate everything with the agency. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So very true. Jeff, I, uh, you know, we're, I want to make sure that you, you um, share with our audience who should be reaching out to you and how should they get a hold of you? Um, you know the the conversation here has been been super insightful, and I think uh, I think there are going to be people out there that want to talk. Um, so we work love working with entrepreneurs in that lower middle market. E commerce is definitely a specialty because that's where I got my start. And then in manufacturing, uh, we are full service, so we work with a lot of different people. But our wheelhouse ends up being those entrepreneurs because we understand what it's like to be in their shoes um and then getting into e-commerce and manufacturing are definitely verticals that we excel in so but i'm top i'm happy to have a conversation with anyone and build community that's what we're here for i completely agree all right so at the risk of redundancy um what are the three biggest lessons you picked up on your journey here jeff Oh man, my three big oh the three biggest lessons I've picked up on my journey. Uh-huh. So far. Oh man. Um number one, don't hire friends and family as an entrepreneur. That I've learned that from day one, and I've made the mistake multiple times. Uh, <laughs> number two <laughs> is Digital marketing is not a silver bullet. And number three, you can't take shortcuts. Because if you're going to take shortcuts, you don't have a complete system and you're going to sell yourself short. Makes it a lot harder to get results. Yeah. Yeah. I I know all about that one. I, you know, I, it's it's funny. I used to tell a story. You got two seconds for a story. I used to tell a story. Um uh, about folks that want to buy uh, want want to buy a complete system, right? A system is a series of of steps and processes that all are designed to achieve an outcome. And so, if you think about it, a car as a system, but you can't walk into a car dealership and be like, you know, I really don't like front left wheels. Forget those. <laughs> no front left wheels at all. Um, and, and they still expect to get a vehicle that works, right? You can't. Right. These are whole and complete systems. So totally nailed that one. 
like yeah you can't you can't none of it's optional it's all mandatory well that's like sending paid ads to a landing page or to your website and it takes 14 seconds to load yeah well somebody forgot about part of the vehicle over here absolutely (laughs) and that's detrimental to the whole trip we're taking yeah we don't need that fuel tank forget it like why are we we taking a fuel tank with us (laughs) right Thanks again for your time today, Jeff. All right, Brian. Thank you very much. And I will talk to you soon, man. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that, uh, for free. We'll help you figure out, uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below, uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, Our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.